0: This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show from the home studio. A little late edition as well, but it is worth it because the Wednesday Adam. TV show trailer drops, so I'll have reaction to that. Some thoughts on that trailer. Was already going to be talking about the Adams Family because, I mean, getting our first look at the Adams Family and the reaction the internet had. Of course, I was going to have to talk about Luis Guzmán as Gomez Adams and the hate that apparently the internet has for his look, his casting, and We'll talk about that. Also going to get into Cobra Kai, the Season 5 trailer drop. So a lot of trailer stuff, a lot of reaction to upcoming shows. It is the Mr. Wonderful show, though. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Wherever you are listening, we are on all streaming platforms. Also, like the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Facebook, YouTube page. Go and give a follow there. Great content coming. And that also could explain why I'm doing this later and from home. There might be some changes coming to the Mr. Wonderful show as we approach what is going to be a very busy and eventful October. Uh, New episode of Haunter's Podcast coming out this weekend. So this Friday, there's a new episode of that out. uh, Thrill Me Podcast Network. It's all the podcasts you like. Haunters, this one, review it, Rob. Improper Guidance is out a day early as well because of the Haunters podcast this week. So, uh, And on Monday, you have a really fun review, Talking Weird Al with Josh and the Metal Groove. So you get five shows from Thrillman Podcast Network. Go like Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. But again, the YouTube page. Come October with the Haunt Season Approaching there is a big event on the horizon. So there could be a change up to the way that this show is done. But for now, this show weekly gonna be done from the home lair, not the radio station stuff moving forward. Uh, but also that means later episodes, which means I have a little bit more time to gather some of the news, like the Wednesday Adams trailer. The episode would have already come out before that trailer. So thankfully. We got that today. All right. Now that you're following Throw Me Podcast Network everywhere but Twitter, let's get into the show. Cobra Kai Season 5 trailer, it is here. We finally got our first look at where things were left off, which, spoiler, if you haven't finished Season 4, sorry. Here it comes. But where we last left off and where we last saw our, our karate friends, Daniel Miyagi-Do, his longtime rival, Johnny, uh, formerly of Cobra Kai, now the sensei of Eagle Fang, they teamed up to beat the version of Cobra Kai that was run by Part 3 villain Terry Silver and John Kreese, the original big bad of the films. But then in that conclusion, Cobra Kai won the All-Valley Tournament, and according to the agreement between the senseis, that meant that the two other dojos had to close, thus being the end of Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang forever, or is it? Uh, a face from Daniel's past ended up arriving. They're going to now team up to take down Terry Silver and Cobra Kai, and Terry Silver had Kreese put in jail. So uh, where where do we go from here? Where does Cobra Kai go? And the Season 5 trailer really indicates that we're going to see a lot of the building of the tensions and the rivalries that we were starting to, that we really didn't get conclusions to in the last season. So uh, there's a lot of buildup to that. We get to see where Johnny's at right now, which really funny to see him as like an Uber driver, but he's trying to repair his relationship with his son. Uh, he's also trying to find his student Miguel. That's setting up a worse rivalry between those two than already exists. Uh, so what's going to happen with Robbie and Miguel? They're teasing at a water park fight karate sequence and one of the things about Cobra Kai that has been so fun is the over-the-top set pieces where it's like let's put them here and just have this karate gang fight take place around all of these people and everybody in the valley just accepts it everybody here is just like oh yeah karate's the thing karate gang violence it's just yeah yeah <laughs> Oh man, it's, it's those karate gangs we got just, it's such a fun world that <laughs> we live in in this show. But I'm stoked on this. This looks pretty cool. We got a little bit of crease as well in prison. So uh, it's a nice tease, a nice a nice indication of where this season's going to be going. It's going to come to Netflix on September 9th. So I'm pretty ready for it. You know, we're less than a month away. Uh, I'm, I'm curious who else is coming back? We we saw a couple other teases. I saw that uh, they're bringing back another uh, one of the characters from Part 3, Karate Kid Part 3. And that's what's also been really cool about the show, is the weaving in of all the legacy characters. So, I'm in. This has been a show that, for me, has been a consistent, steady... They produce a really good season of television. It's very well told. So I'm curious to see where this season goes. I mean, this is a show I've been with since there was a story that came out that said something like you have like 128 emails on average in your lifetime. Part of the reason I would even be near that number, which I think that number is ridiculous to begin with, 120-something email addresses in your life. Come on. But the only reason I would even come anywhere near that is because I was signing up for YouTube Red when this show was on it, two seasons. But one of the email addresses I used is now one of my more permanent email addresses. It's one I use for not so much business stuff, but it's more of a personal one as opposed to the spam one that I have and then a work one. So I've been with the show for a while. I'm very excited for this. Netflix, giving it the money, and giving it the money has helped made it, helped keep it, really, as good as it is. I mean, crap, back in the YouTube Red days, that show literally was getting all of the money YouTube Red had. All right, another show Netflix is producing is the upcoming Wednesday Adam show called Wednesday from Tim Burton, legendary creative mind, and... Everything we've seen up to this point, in fact, just the other day, we got our first look photos, and I thought that this was going to be one of the rare occasions in which the internet was like, hey, good job, we did right, everybody cast here, everybody here looks like they belong, this is perfect, this is what we wanted, and instead, all I've seen for 24 hours, is having to defend Luis Guzman as Gomez because according to the hate on the internet, the majority of it, they claim it's because of the wig, to which I say that's bullcrap because Hollywood has a massive wig problem and that's not what it is. People are pissed because... People just want to be pissed and I don't get it because I think that this is honestly when they announced the casting. I was lukewarm. I was into the idea. I thought it could work and seeing those first look pictures is when I went, yeah, this is going to work. This is perfect. You have Catherine Zeta-Jones. You have Luis Guzman. You have Jenna Ortega. That right there is just perfect casting as far as Adam's family goes, and Jenna Ortega for me has become uh, like the latest scream queen of of Gen Z. She is the new kids' scream queen. She is all over the place. I mean, Scream Six. She's in that. Uh, she's in X and absolutely fabulous in that film. Like she is everywhere. As far as horror and spooky goes and I'm all for it so more Jenna Ortega and she looked great in the first look pictures as Wednesday and now we got our first look at the Wednesday television show from Tim Burton today the trailer dropped after I would have typically recorded this show but now we get to see Wednesday's pigtails Morticia Gomez being as lovable as ever With their unmistakable chemistry, which, yeah, in this trailer, oh, hell yeah, their chemistry looked tight in about the five to ten seconds we got of them. Oh, yeah. But I really dug this trailer. It was pretty twisted. The first thing I noted is right when the trailer began, and I think I just noted this because, obviously, it's the contrast. It's the play of what it's supposed to be, but it coming from Tim Burton threw me off right away was how colorful the trailer started. It was such a, it had the ominous voiceover of like, you you've had quite an attempt at going to school there Wednesday of, you know, being in like eight different schools over five years and getting expelled and yada, yada, yada. But it's so bright and colorful And then it leads into this great gimmick and this great gimmick, this great bit of her dropping piranhas into the pool with the polo team or just with a bunch of jocks playing water polo or something like that. But but dropping piranhas into a pool with people and seeing that little smirk and smile, it was like, okay, this is going to be a fun twisted take on the Addams family and with Wednesday. And I like the little twist. I don't want to call, I I don't want to be using the words twist, but I, I like, I like the idea that there's something going on here that she goes to this school, but there's something more happening. There's some type of murder. So is Wednesday going to be playing detective at the school? Is she going to be trying to figure out what happened? Like, I'm really intrigued by this show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I Again, I don't understand the hate that we've gotten over the Gomez casting because I think it's really just, again, Catherine Zeta-Jones and, 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 and Guzman are just, I think they're perfect. And Isaac Ordonez is, is Pugsley. And I, I'm shocked that out of everything that I figured people would have been more pissed at, at Pugsley because... I think they made him. I think they make him blonde in this or something, and it's like, huh? Like his hair is totally different. It's a different color, and it's one of those. Hmm. Okay. You're not mad at that, but you're you're mad at at no. You're mad at because of the way it looks. Because you want, and I saw some people online say it. We asked for Oscar Isaac. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. You're mad, You're mad that it is. A gorgeous woman and an average looking guy, if not, in your opinion, an ugly looking guy, instead of it's two hot people where, no, I don't look at it that way. I look at the Adams family as they're two souls that came together. It's not about the looks for Morticia or, or Gomez. It's about the love and how weird and unique they are. And that's what makes them so unique and so different. That's what makes them the Adams family is how, you know, and I get it. Listen, I'm, I'm clutching to my, the Adams family. I know from my childhood is Christina Ricci and, you know, Angelica Houston. It's, it's the nineties Adams family. It's, it's MC hammer rapping about the Adams family. There's, there's no MC hammer right now. like, if there's no MC Hammer, it's not my Adam's Family. I get it. I understand. And then for others, you know, it dates back to the television show for people like my parents who are like, that's that's what I know. I know comic strips and I know the television show. That's The thing you know is just a ripoff of the thing I know. And that's how this is always going to work. IP, it's always going to be reintroduced. But yeah, I'm, I'm digging the fact that there is a homage to the original as opposed to what I know, because the homage to what I know is that Christina Ricci is in an unknown role in this television show. You're bringing back Christina Ricci for me. That's that's good enough. That's got me intrigued. You know, sure, you could bring back Angelica Houston and put her in something, but I'm curious what Christina Ricci's doing. And and the the tease of the mysterious role of Marilyn Thornhill, like who's the, I'm curious who that is, but that's how they pay homage to my generation that knows the Adams family. So I, I think that's I'm very I really did like this trailer. I I think it looks. It looks very Tim Burton-y after you get past that. Even the open, even the color aspect of it, like the very bright aspect of it, was still, It it's Tim Burton-ish. I mean, the guy did direct Pee Wee. That was his first one. So, you know, he does do bright colors. But typically, I instantly just assumed it would be the dark, gloomy, what we knew him for with Batman and Beetlejuice and stuff like that. But no, he comes out very like Edward Scissorhands in the brightness of it. And then progressively takes us into the dark, twisted, okay, here's all the things that when we were when when we were told Tim Burton, Adams family, here's everything that we expected. So yeah, I'm I'm in. I think the hate for uh Luis is all about the fact that people just want a hot Gomez and Morticia. And I don't give a shit if it's a hot Gomez or Morticia. I just want good actors in these roles portraying them. And in all seriousness, this is a much more accurate portrayal to the comics and that aspect of the Adams family them putting a hot hollywood a-lister in that role so let's let's not it's a good casting it looks fun i'm very excited it's going to be quite an interesting halloween <laughs> honestly with that and the Munsters film coming out so yeah uh Adams Family, The Wednesday Adams Show. Looks good. All right, let's stick with Netflix because they apparently paid for this episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show, although they didn't give me a code or anything like that to give you guys. But uh, I watched the Trainwreck, Trainwreck, Trainwreck? The Twainwreck? The Trainwreck, Woodstock 99 documentary where if you don't know what Woodstock 99 is, because actually my fiance did not know about Woodstock 99. I was watching this documentary while she had like bachelorette things to do for a wedding that she's in this October. So she had a lot of things going on and I was watching the documentary while she was like packing and in and out. And when she heard the words Woodstock 99, she was like, wait, Woodstock happened in 99. I thought it happened in the 60s. And I was like, oh, do you not know about this? But it was also crazy to realize how much I had actually forgotten about it as well. Uh, So, yeah, it seems like it's the perfect time to revisit Woodstock 99. And this is actually the second documentary this year about this festival. But if you don't know, uh, obviously, the original Woodstock did happen in 1969. It promised peace, love, harmony, all of that. And it went down and it's known in history for being a pretty good thing. For being a three-day peaceful music festival. A little hippie movement thing. Uh, An anti-Vietnam thing. Jimi Hendrix playing the National Anthem. You know, all of that. It's, It's love, happiness. Yay, hippies, culture. Woo! 1999 promised all of that. But delivered none of that. It delivered rage. It delivered riots. It delivered harm. It was bonkers. And this is a three-part documentary. So there's three episodes to it. But it is absolutely... So episode one is called How the Blank Did This Happen? it goes into how instead of being on a field the way that the original was that that the people behind this decided hey let's let's move this to a military base profit the focus of this and how all of that just kind of started creating this toxic vibe The second part is the kerosene is called kerosene match boom. And it talks more about day two of the festival. So the first part goes into day one as well. That's kind of where it ends. Uh, Day two is part two. And then part three is obviously day three. And it's you can't stop a riot in the nineties. And my God, I truly like, this is one wild ride of a documentary that is 100% worth a watch, whether you lived it, whether you remember it, whether you don't know what happened and are curious. But it is an incredible documentary and really a story. There are so many images that you might have seen as far as like Limp Bizkit goes. Like if you've ever seen Fred Durst, Riding a piece of board wood, like just a piece of wood while crowd surfing that was Woodstock 99, but that was as they were tearing the place apart. That's on day two. They were tearing the place apart. It's just, it's the Fry festival before the Fry festival. It's, this is what greed and the ultra worst part of capitalism looks like when you take advantage of of the younger generation so this is the woodstock generation these are the people that were like concert man and and while woodstock was a pay for a concert like it it, you don't hear the stories of but it was all about money it was all about money this was all about money that's why they did it on a military base because they had people at the original woodstock and they tried it in 1994 they talk about it in the documentary they tried it in 94. But weather-wise, it was a nightmare, and the issue they had both times is that since it was just, this is why they went to a military base, since it was out in an open field area, the fence was something that was torn down, and people just started getting in for free. And it was like, well, this is a paid-for thing, like, it's not, it's not a free-for thing, you gotta pay to get in, but people were just ta- breaking down the fences and getting in, so they were like, if we put it on a military base, nobody can do that! And we'll make all the money. So it is really just... It is a startling illustration of mob mentality as well. Once it all started going downhill. And and it, it's, it is amazing that there were so many people that were aware of it. But then so many higher up... I mean, it's not really that amazing. I've worked with some people that probably would foot fit this bill or really fit this shoe in the sense of the higher ups were just so oblivious to it because they were like no 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 everything's fine when it's so clear everything is not okay and it is all underneath bubbling to a certain point but yeah this is i mean from you you have Jonathan Davis from Corn is a part of this. Gavin Rosdale from Goo Dolls is a part of this. Uh, it, you know, and it it really, I think also does a great job of if you ever want to relive and 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 maybe because I've been watching some of the WWF attitude era, like I rewatched summerslam nineteen ninety eight and I've rewatched some of the stuff from 99 and 2000, but if you ever really want to get a good feel of what America was like and where we were as we were entering the end of the Clinton administration, about to wave goodbye to the millennium and welcome in a new millennium and Here we go, the year 2000, Y2K, all of that shit. If you ever really want to know where we were as a society, I think the Woodstock 99 documentary is a great place to go and look and see. Holy crap. Like, thank God we live in a world where we don't allow that anymore. Thank God. You know, like... As bad as the Fry Festival was, thank God there was internet and stuff like that to call it out and bring awareness to it right away before it got to a point of we're going to destroy the place. Because that's where this got. Woodstock 99 got to the point where they were burning the freaking place down. They had fires going during the Red Hot Chili Peppers final set on the final night and started a riot. But there was price gouging. There was shit mud. There was overflow. it was trash. It was oh my gosh. This was a documentary of, like I remember, like they had they had they had MTV. They had some of the MTV folk uh, a part of this documentary, and I actually remember watching MTV during Woodstock '99 because I was so stoked about Woodstock '99. I thought it was such a cool concept. I was, you know, like. Uh, 12 or something like that, 11, you know, I was right around that, right around that teenage age, right around that age of Limp Bizkit, rocked, Corn rock, Kid Rock, rocked. I mean, all of these bands that were about to cross over into professional wrestling as well. So that's what I mean by Woodstock 99 was like a culmination of like where pop culture was as a society, how little we valued women because of, and how much we, 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 you raised up Bill Clinton for what happened with Monica Lewinsky. That trickled out into our world. And there wasn't calling it out then. And oh my God, this is just such a, a wild, wild three-part documentary. And yeah, I remember watching MTV as a kid and I, and I remember the throwing garbage at them and the threats to Carson Daly. And, but part of me is like I also do remember as a kid of like Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock and those metal bands being like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. That's what you get for, for you know, sell out MTV. But looking back now, I'm like, oh, my God. Like that was just pure anger. That's what it was. And that's where we were as a society as we entered the new millennium. It's really wild to look back. And, you know, I listened to the music Again, I still love listening to Corn and Limp Bizkit and all that, but you just you just look at you listen to that and then you look at where society was and pop culture, professional wrestling like Jerry Springer, that was the thing. Even even rewatching Austin Powers the other day. You know, the first film is 1997 and there's still there there's the joke of Dr. Evil will come back when when peace love and all of that, you know, and goodwill is faded away so that's why he comes back in 1997 but it's it's kind of accurate and you can see the beginnings of it in that film with like where pop culture is and stuff like that And but then in 1999 there's literally the Jerry Springer thing and that's where, in, in The Spy Who Shags Me, in the sequel and that's just a two year gap, like a one year gap of, of writing the film, filming the film and getting it out a one and a half, two year gap of we went from it's bubbling to Jerry Springer is the number one thing. Professional wrestling is Jerry Springer now. You have sex on TV. The president's doing this, and 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 under oath lying about it, and then and then telling the truth, and everybody's just like, oh, whatever. Guy got you know, guy just being a guy. It's like that's oh my god, and that's what Woodstock '99 Inc. encompasses, is that it is really just a three-day festival of all of that bubbling up to the surface and the corporate greed on top of it oh man it is one hell of a documentary definitely recommend watching it and yeah go ahead give it a watch now and this episode was brought to you by netflix not paying me a dime but taking all of your money netflix wait for season five of stranger things in another seven years until next time everybody remember like subscribe share with a friend Follow through on me podcast network on all the social platforms and a new episode of haunters podcast coming out this Friday, as we're talking about all the things that dropped for HHN 31. Peace and love.